This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome in. It is Kenny and Heilprin. A rainy Tuesday. If you're driving on the Beltline, a semi-truck going 70 probably just passed you. Wildly unsafe and illegal. So stay safe out there. Drive safe. Know there's some traffic situations. I'm Ben Kenny. Mr. Zach Halpern is back from the West. Hello, Zach. 85-year-old Ben Kenny. How you doing? I am good. I didn't want to lead the show with it, but just a public service announcement for those that may or may not be semi-truck drivers. Don't drive in the flex lane. Wildly unsafe. I saw that driving in today. It was pouring rain. It's going at least 65, 70. That's the exact situation you want to avoid. So just for those out there that maybe are driving a semi-truck right now, be careful. Don't take the flex lane. So you call when when it's just a, when you don't throw the truck on the end of it, do you just say uh, semi? Yeah. As opposed to a semi? Oh, yeah. I'm asking. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, this is not me knocking you at all. I'm just asking <laughs> that's, if that's how you say it. Is it. Like, yeah. Like I just saw a semi going down the road. Tomato, tomato. Eh. Probably depends on the day. I don't know. All right. Anyway. Tuesday, Tuesday. Uh, so good trip last week. I, I know it was obviously full with some work because things always happen when you're gone for some reason. They hire Phil Longo. We did the episode last Wednesday. You were attacked by mice. Uh, <laughs> and then now you're back. But it was a good week. Uh, it was a fine week. Yeah, no, I. it was a working vacation, I would say. Um, I, I can say this because my wife's not listening, so it doesn't really matter. Um <laughs> and, and the in-laws aren't, aren't either. I used work to get out of. I was, used work as an excuse to get out of a few things last week. Um, That's so, the beauty of the college football media, where I've been in situations different, but situations where I wanted to get away from a certain setting. And uh, oh, Jack Cohn just committed to Notre Dame. I have to go write about it. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, like I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea what could happen tonight. I can't. No, I can't leave. I can't. <laughs> I can't go do this. I can't go do that. Nope. I have to stay here. Oh no, nope, got a podcast to record. Nope. Sorry, can't do that. Um, gonna be here. That was kind of what the the week was like. So um, I appreciate Luke Fickle and and the University of Wisconsin for breaking news during the week to allow me to get out some stuff that I didn't want to do. Is it official yet? It is not. Okay. So allegedly breaking news and allegedly hiring him, even though they are. Yes. Yeah. He was not, um, so we had him for about 25 minutes today, and he did not want to talk about the future, future, future. He wanted to talk about now and, and what's going on right now. So, um, but yes, uh, can someone, I, it's I, happened. I want someone to ask, just hey, hey, Coach Fickle, do you think Longo's offense can work in the snow? Right. <laughs> I, uh, he, he's good. I, I really like enjoy talking to Luke Fickle at this point. Um, now maybe the cliche, maybe there'll be a bunch of cliches that start coming. They'd be like, uh, cause that's what happens with everybody. That's what happens with everybody that talks a lot, says the same thing a lot. We do it on our shows. You do it. I do it. Everyone does it. And you just kind of start understanding those are their ticks and those are their things that they say when they're not, don't know what else to say. He, I'm sure he has those, but so far I haven't heard a ton of them. I don't know if you saw, but last Wednesday, uh, it was obviously very snowy here, big storm, and I got in pretty early, and the storm really happened around, or maybe it was last Friday. I don't know. Pretty sure the storm happened on uh It was on Friday. On Thursday. It was Friday, because we spent oh, all Wednesday. of Bill's show talking about snow measurements. Oh, that's right. That's right. But 
I got here before the storm happened, and then I was obviously looking out the window, seeing the development, and then we're on radio, so we're talking to people in cars, and I took a picture of outside and said, hey, uh, do you think Longo's offense could work in this weather? Debate. <laughs> I, as a joke, and I made made clear that that was the purpose under, yeah. most people did not think it was a joke. No. So. Uh, shocking that Twitter doesn't. Yeah. sarcasm overly well oh we're having fun um, like could could longo's offense work in a foot of snow i almost i almost that's the question i almost tweeted in uh san luis obispo california zero inches <laughs> but i decided against it, it would have been good yeah. it would have been good all right we have a lot to get to today we're going to talk a lot of badger football we'll get to luke fickle's media availability earlier today Maybe some quarterback developments, some transfer portal developments. We'll get to that in about 10, 15 minutes. And then Wisconsin, Luke Fickle, has also flipped a couple recruits that were committed to Cincinnati. We'll talk about those guys. But we'll just get into all the updates surrounding the program because things happen every day. So we'll, we'll big points on all of them. The quarterback stuff, obviously the most important. I wanted to start today, though, Zach, talking about Sunday. Wisconsin 78, Iowa 73, talking basketball now. The Badgers are ranked. The Badgers are 8-2. They're 2-0, tied for first place in the Big Ten. I don't really know where to start with this game. There's the Frantrum, which happened. I I was pretty hungover, admittedly, on Sunday. And I mean it was it was 530, dude. I, I was battling. It was it was a tough one. But the game was such a rock fight and kind of kind of sleepy for so much of it. And then as soon as Fran McCaffrey went off, that kind of woke me up. It perked you up. Yeah. And then overtime happened and overtime was electric or the last minute. And then overtime, I don't know where to start though. Cause you have the Frantrum, which is partially the story. You have Wisconsin gutting out another close win when they didn't do everything right down the stretch. It's not as if like last year's team. And this was my big thought from the game. It's like, yeah, big shots were made a couple steals. They almost collapsed in the end. I- they did collapse. They did collapse, but they didn't lose it. Thank you to Fran McCaffrey. There you go. But my big thought was, I go back to last year, and no stats to back this up, Ooh. but it felt like down the stretch of the games Wisconsin was winning in Big Ten play, Johnny Davis, Tyler Wall, they just made every right play where they were hitting free throws. There was a big steal. It's like everything just shifted their way in the last two minutes of the game. For this team, they're not doing everything right at the end of games. They're missing free throws. They have turnovers, and they're still winning. It feels like that, right? Because you have a you have a Johnny taking over games, whether it was Purdue or Indiana or Michigan State, like taking over games late and, and winning games that way. They don't have that necessarily. And, and I guess you can throw Tyler Wall in there, but really it was, it was Johnny Davis. And yet, when you think about it in the last minute of the game on – Sunday, yes, they did a lot of things wrong. Didn't hit shots, missed front end of two one-and-ones, turned the ball over, all that stuff. But at the end of overtime, they did do all the right stuff, including dunking the ball by Connor Asijan. Like, no, I'm joking. That's not a conversation you want to get into, I know. Eh, we could get into it. But they did. They matched them shot for shot. Like, every time they needed a big shot, they made a big shot. Every time they needed a big play, they made a big play. They got the stop when they needed to. Like, it was... Yes, not at the end of regulation, but yes, in overtime. Um, it's why they're five and two in games decided by single digits at this point. And really, if we're being honest, they're six and one. The Kansas game was taken out was was ripped out of their hands uh, by the officials. So, 
they went 18 and one last year. I think 18 and two in the regular season last year in games decided by single digits. The problem with all this, and it was last year, and it probably will be at some point this year, the margin for error is so small. It's so small. And that's what happened in the final four games of last year, right? They went one in three in games decided by single digits to end last year. So everything that they had done so well for the first 30 some odd games of the year, it didn't carry over. And it, because your margin is so small. And I think it's even smaller this year because they don't have a, a Johnny Davis. So that's my question. And actually, I tweeted that out oh, four games ago when they were winning close games where when you need the shot maker and you need just the instant, okay, 30 seconds left, Johnny, get us a bucket. That's not there. And Chucky Hepburn has done it at times, but he's not Johnny Davis in that you give him the ball, you need two points, and he gets it to you. This team doesn't have that. And people were pointing out Wall and Hepburn. But as time goes on, and I'm with you, the margin for error definitely feels small. It feels like they're able to play up to anybody in the country, but also can play down to anybody in the country. But I don't know who they like. Who have they played down to? Green Bay? Green Bay. Okay. That's one game. Everyone, yes. Every other game has been close. Stanford. Stanford was a weird environment just being in that building. I mean, it's, it's different. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a baseball arena. It's, it's I'm not even going to, what happened against Stanford? I don't, I'm not even going to think about the rest of the year. So I guess the, the big question is, uh, yeah, the team looks different. They still have an impressive core like Hepburn wall, Crowell playing good basketball. Is it sustainable? I, which side, I feel like there's a two-sided coin here of, uh, are we going to raise red flags that every single game is this close or are we going to be super, super impressed that they're winning almost all of them? It depends. How, how good is the opposing team? Well, in the Big Ten, they're pretty good. Right. Doing it against Maryland? No problem. Doing it against Iowa on the road, place you haven't won since 2018? No problem. And I don't know if you could sit there and say there is a pro- something in the Big Ten. You'd be like, gosh, that's a problem. Like, what team would you have to see to say, eh, that's not great? Because not every single team in the Big Ten is good. <laughs> Michigan. I'll stop it. They stink. <laughs> um, I mean, is there is there a team that you could sit there and say, "Gosh, I, if, if they lose to them," I mean, even Minnesota, who's four and six on the year, has played teams tough. And you look at their their record or their schedule, or their schedule, and the teams they've played and the teams they've lost to, been really really good teams. Nebraska the same way. Like Nebraska gave Purdue all it could handle. So I think I'm not. I don't know if I would say it against anybody. Now, if it happens against Lehigh who I believe is in the Kempom is in the 300s coming into this game. There are 300 teams. Yes. In, in college basketball in division one. Oh, I maybe I'm way off here. 360 something. Oh, I thought there were like 190. You're thinking, I think you're maybe thinking of football, which is like about 131. Yeah. 120. Okay. Are, are you kidding me? I, I just haven't, I, I didn't think about that. I'm not, I'm not judging that. Yes. There's, there's over 300 teams in division one and, in, in uh, Yes, I, I see three hundred sixty-three. Okay. Lehigh is ranked three hundred and eight in the Ken Palm. In Ken Palm, so I was was I accurate then? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, if if it happens this Thursday night, a little bit of a problem. I don't know where Grambling's at in the Ken Palm. Where's, where's Grambling at? I will find because Grambling is the they get eight days off. Two hundred and thirty-six. So another another team that you should be able to handle. Um, but it is what it is. You know what's dragging. Wisconsin down right now and it's it's kind of weird is that Wake Forest game that's a right now that's a I think it's a quad three loss based on and, and obviously Ken Palm's a little bit different than 
uh, the net rankings, but it's kind of dragging them down at this point. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin is up to number 35. Uh, and again, yeah, they're they're up in the AP poll. I, I think expectations have definitely changed yes. since the season started. Yeah, We didn't know what we would get for Max Klesman. We didn't know what Connor Sejan could do as a freshman. We didn't know how Jordan Davis could contribute. Didn't know how much better maybe Stephen Crowell had gotten. Um, the dude's I, an assist master at this point. Oh, yeah. He's well, got, He's got 17 assists the last three games. He's well, almost, he's, I think he's only about 10 assists short of what he had all of last year at this point. Wow. I, I mean, one of my big bullet points, we'll get to the Frantrum in a second, but his jump hook in overtime. With I, Jordan Davis yelling at him, the, the, the shot clock was going down. Tell me you didn't watch that and think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I didn't think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> that, was, that was the only guy I thought of. Um, it wasn't as pretty. I'll say that. But hey, it doesn't matter. It went down. And he seems like he's gotten a lot better. I, I imagine Tyler Wall working with him on post moves. And Tyler Wall obviously has a large Rolodex of those. I thought it was really interesting to hear Greg Gard say that Steven doesn't know how good he is or he doesn't think he's any good, which is usually not a problem for Division One basketball players. It's usually the other way around. Like they think they're so much better than they actually are. And it kind of hurts them at times because they, they can they think they can take over games and um, that n- hasn't necessarily been a huge issue at Wisconsin, but like the lack of confidence sometimes with Steven, I think he's, co- I think he's growing in that respect. He's become a little bit at times, a little bit more aggressive down low and you, they need, and I think they need that to be that way. You can't be a seven, you can't be a passive seven footer. Um, when you have nobody else on this roster, that's above what six, eight, that's actually playing Like Carter Gilmore is the second tallest guy that's playing right now. Um, Steve's been has taken the, has taken a step. Yeah, it goes without saying though that as Big Ten play comes, as it continues, and they go up against all the great big guys that the Big Ten always has. What does the depth look like? Because vote coming in off the bench just as another guy in there defensively, and then sometimes some offense. That was huge. So how are they able to manage that? That'll be interesting. Uh, and Jordan Davis, you mentioned him helping Crowell with the shot. I've said this is a Jordan Davis show, at least my half of it. I, I think there's something there, and I think, ah, does his shot look good and doesn't go in as much as I think it does uh, should? Yeah, there's no science to that. I, I think over time we'll see maybe some positive regression in terms of shooting. But it's undeniable that, I mean, in crunch time in the last couple of games, he's come up with big moments. Does he have the prettiest-looking uh, three-pointer for a guy shooting 28%? Yeah, yes. <laughs> he looks like a 40% shooter. Yeah. And, and that's what I've been trying to – well, there was the Marquette game. I was saying that all of his shots look so good, he's due, and then he hits those big threes late uh, to help Wisconsin win that game, and uh, everyone was kind of piling on. Well, the unlikeliness of the back-to-back three-pointers from Tyler Wall coming up, dribbling the ball by himself, getting the screen and hitting the shot. He had hit two before then, coming this year, and then Jordan Davis off the bench, cold, drilling another one. Um, Them leaving him open enough to drill that was very Iowa-like. Um, for, for their defense, just to allow even a guy who's not a great shooter, like um, statistically, leaving that guy open, anybody on the floor is going to want to take that shot. So here's the question. Where we sit today, entering the season, they were projected 10th or 11th, like last year, but Johnny Davis, obviously, no longer at Wisconsin. Where we sit today, where do you think this team ends up in the Big Ten regular season? So we did this same question on our podcast, the swing me hmm. and myself and Jesse temple. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen. 
I said fifth or sixth. I think I think is still a good shooting spot or a good good point that if they they got there that would be a success. Again, there's 18 games left in the Big Ten season. I know they're two and zero, and I know the teams that they beat, and I know the things that we saw in those games. But it's also, as I said before, the margin so small. So I think a fifth or sixth place finish would would be a success. I'm not ruling out something higher than that. I I guess it's possible it could be lower than that, but that's kind of where I'm at. I would lean seventh. I'm a little more pessimistic. Of course. I Well, when I look forward, I see 18 more games. And if they were going to be coin flips in that, they'll probably be close late. And normally when it's that close, it's close to a coin flip. They would go nine and nine. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and throw two or three results their way. So then we're talking about, I, I don't know, 15 and... Uh, I don't know what the math is there, but say all that to say, you, they, or they're not going 15, fifteen and five. Um, if they go fifteen and five, they're going to be the top four. Now, yeah, my math was clearly off there. I, w- whatever. Say it, they go ten and ten. So they, you're saying maybe they go eight and ten the rest of the Big Ten season. They go ten and ten. No, the other way around. I would say eleven and seven. Eleven and eleven and nine. So third, yeah, exactly. Again, it's, it's twenty. It's twenty games. My math is off here, but the point is. I don't think what they're doing right now is sustainable throughout the year, but I think they're showing enough where we can assume that they'll pull out more of those games than not. It's it's funny you don't say it's sustainable, and yet they did it all last year. And I know, again, like it's the Johnny Davis thing, right, for you? or is it Because it is kind of for me. Like They don't have that guy that you can just point to and say take over, and yet we've seen at different times Chucky Hepburn take over, Tyler Wall take over. It is the Johnny Davis thing. Okay. So. All right. And then we can, that's fine. Well, we'll see. It, it's also, how does, how does the bench perform? They're all the variables, but it mostly boils down to that. Defense travels. And that's why I think they could be almost in any game, assuming they're locked in defensively. They weren't against Wake Forest and we saw what happened. So they don't, they don't, like that has to be the common, that has to be the thing that shows up every single night. Yes, uh, that is a very good point. So they're back in action Thursday, six o'clock, Lehigh. And they get into Big Ten play a little later on. Got to hit this before we get to Wisconsin football, Zach. The Frantrum. Mm. Fran McCaffrey at peak form. Am I going to sit here and say that it didn't help the team? I, I'm not going to get into those waters. I, I'm not going to debate that part. I will. Jordan Bohannon. Uh, many Badger fans probably recognize that name. Took to Twitter. Yeah, because he was in because he was in college for nine years. Well, he often takes to Twitter. And which... he's and he's a little B on Twitter. <laughs> He said that it helped the team, that that it's something that gets them going. I'm not going to debate that. I just, I find it genuinely entertaining, kind of troubling, a little weird. Uh, the faces he was making at the referees while not really walking towards them. Like, he looked like you wanted to get thrown out, but not actually get thrown out. It was it, weird. Jordan Bohannon can say whatever he wants. Those are two points you're not getting back. He did kind of cost them the game. The game went to overtime. You don't think they could have used those two points? Do you think it wasn't like they all of a sudden, he did that and all of a sudden they turned it on. They didn't turn it on until the, the final minute. And all they had to think was Wisconsin not being able to hit shots. They they got multiple shots. They couldn't hit them. Couldn't hit the free throws. You think that had anything to do with Frank, uh, Fran McCaffrey going ape crap again? Him him losing it had something to do with Tyler Wall not hitting a free throw? Give me a freaking break. It doesn't help when he continuously does it. It doesn't. I, I mean, 
if all of a sudden it turns it around and, and they go on a run, okay. Otherwise, he looks just like a buffoon, and he looks like a buffoon every single time he does it. He's a he's an idiot. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I, the other thing I had written down is there are some coaches that are more their their energy and their their whole aura around them probably rubs off the wrong way on a lot of people. For me, Jawan Howard is one of those for obvious reasons. P.J. Fleck is obviously the biggest one when you go over to football. But when I put Fran McCaffrey and P.J. Fleck next to each other, is there one that irritates you more? Well, as people that have listened to anything I've ever done podcast-wise, no, I'm not a fan of either one of them. I don't like P.J. Fleck more because I think he's fake. I think the things that come out of his mouth are not how he actually thinks. It's kind of like the Russell Wilson <laughs> Except I, I don't mind Russell Wilson. I don't. People, some people hate Russell Wilson. I don't. I don't mind him whatsoever. But like a lot of things, you're like, come on, dude, you can't be that. You cannot be that guy. Like it's impossible. There's just no way you can be that guy. And I kind of feel it's the same way with PJ Fleck. There's just no way you can be that guy. You could not be that irritating of a guy in real life. You can. You just can't be. It's impossible. Fran McCaffrey, on the other hand, I firmly believe he's exactly who he is, which I respect. To an extent, if he comes out and is is that emotional and he's that fake tough guyish, like to get in, in referees faces as if anything physical is going to happen, like staring them down is somehow going to make them go your way with a call. It's not. But at least he, that's who he is. I, I firmly believe he's that big of a uh, of a guy. Gosh, there's so many words I want to use right now that I just can't <laughs> use because we're on the air. Yeah, um, he's just that guy. Okay, that's who he is in life. His kids are the same way. We saw, we've seen that with Connor. <laughs> PJ Fleck, fake things. You can't. I just don't believe the things that come out of his mouth are at what he actually feels. Fran McCaffrey, exactly who he is. So I'm stuck because I agree. I almost got turned to being a Fran McCaffrey supporter when he put out that cameo, telling Brian Ferentz that it's like okay, and your dad still loves you even though he's your boss. Do you remember that? No. When, oh, people paid on Cameo, Bob oh, yeah, Stoops yeah, 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 yeah. and Fran yep. McCaffrey to give Brian Ferentz yes. a Cameo, and yep. it was hilarious. Yeah. So that that kind of shifted me. But you don't, he doesn't actually, he didn't know what he was doing. No, no, but still, the fact that that got out there in the ether kind of shifted me. I, I will say I find it somewhat entertaining when that happens. Uh, like, I, I was on the edge of my seat watching if he was going to get thrown out, watching him go crazy. Often, it does benefit the other team which is why I kind of like that it's there. It more, of, it more often or not benefits Wisconsin when it happens. Yeah. Well, he got, he got in 24. I mean, it's been a long time. It's been eight years, but 2014, he blew up. Wisconsin was coming back. He blew up and it led to Ben Brussel like, getting four free throws and he got kicked out of the game and suspended and it ended up being suspended. Well, last year, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> and, his, he came, and he came into the, he came into the post game press conference and someone asked him about it. And he's like, yeah, I was trying to get the first one. I wasn't trying to get the second one. Yeah. But he was like all the way out on the court, like opposite baseline. It was insane. Yeah. That, that is where I think Greg Gard is a positive influence on the team, not handing away other points on the free throw line. But there's ways to be emotional and still not be that, that guy. Bo Ryan, while he did get his share of technical fouls, was never that, that guy. Yes. Um, like well, freaking out, like beyond belief to the point where you have to have guys hold you back. Like usually in football, you have a, you know, you have a hold me back guy. 
mm-hmm. right? Like on the sideline, just to keep a coach off the field. Fran McCaffrey needs that. Like he should have that on staff. I think there was one. But not a guy like simply that's his only job. Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, you're right. You look back. I mean, his son last year after Wisconsin beat Iowa here in Madison, when Wisconsin shot like 70% and Iowa couldn't buy a bucket. Like they just, they shot the lights out. And after the game, yeah, one of the McCaffrey kids was like, oh yeah, Davison, he kicked out. He almost tore my ACL. He, He was complaining about one of those calls. It's like, dude, you got shot 28% or something crazy. And they, they outplayed you. It wasn't the fact that uh, one call was made at a kick out or not kick out on Twitter. Yeah, that's where there was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, it'll be interesting. Uh, I believe Wisconsin meets Iowa again later in the season. A uh, lot of basketball to get to, and we will discuss it as everything goes along. When we return, though, there are some updates in the football world. One of them has to do with transfer portal quarterbacks, probably the, the biggest storyline around the team on the field next season. Who are they going to bring in and is it going to work? Have some updates there. We could know some some targets for Luke Fickle and company. And then they flip a couple commits from Cincinnati. So we'll talk about those guys. Give an update on where the where the program stands as a whole. Coming up next, it's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone. We are back. It is Kenny and Heilprin. A reminder, we're live at Monks and Sun Prairie on Thursday talking everything Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, oh, and uh, some is breaking. There, is there a breaking news sounder? Do we have one? I, I, I can find it. I, I'm not going to find it. Some some breaking news. Frankly, we broke the Devontae Adams news on this show. We where did. That might warrant the sounder more than this, but. We don't know that. The floor is yours. You have no idea what this could be. Uh, yes, uh, Luke Fickle, the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, has tweeted, hashtag on Wisconsin, and then the video, which probably means they're getting another recruit. Proceeds, it has proceed, it preceded the, preceded the um, announcements yesterday from the two guys we're going to talk about in a little bit, and uh, now he's, he's put out what, what, what used to be called the bat signal, but now you have uh, this new version of it, just a video. Because the bat signal is actually now at Michigan State, and it's bringing every former Wisconsin player along with it. Do we think Smart Melvin actually committed? I don't think he actually committed. Oh, I just saw that tweet, and I saw Jalen Franklin. Yeah, Jalen Franklin committed. I, I don't know if Smart Melvin did. Yeah, I don't. Know. Either way, it doesn't matter. Interesting. Something to monitor. Something to monitor. We will uh, update on the fickle situation. What the tweets about when we know? I want to talk quarterback, Zach. So uh, reported by Evan Flood of Twenty Four Seven Sports that Wisconsin is hosting, did host, plans to host, is one of the three, is currently hosting Oklahoma transfer quarterback Nick Evers on a visit. He's in the portal, one year at Oklahoma, four years of eligibility left. He was a four-star out of high school that was offered by Cincinnati. So there's the connection. Uh, their OC, still can't pronounce his name, Gino Guidogli, something close to that, uh, was his primary recruiter. They offered him out of high school. He appeared in one game last season, redshirted through one pass. I uh, really didn't play at all. He is on threes, number six or seven quarterback in the portal. I, I see this like, can I, I don't want to dive in head over heels, Zach. Like, well, I, 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 I want to take people through our conversation. Sure. Uh, on, uh, when I texted you today, cause you went from, oh my God to eh, very, very quickly, very, very quickly. 
Well, so here's where I stand generally. I want to start with this, where I think there are a bunch of quarterbacks out there that could change Wisconsin's outlook next season. This guy, I don't think he's that yet, just because I have no idea what he is. And yeah, he's a he was a highly rated quarterback coming out of high school. And I am a big advocate of stars mattering. And he, so, was, and he was recruited by who? By Cincinnati. But he was also recruited by Lincoln Riley. Okay. Oklahoma. Did he, does he have a quarterback that, has he had quarterbacks that panned out pretty well? Well, my whole point is this is not Caleb Williams. We don't know that. I want to make that abundantly clear. <laughs> I will be, po- I, I will be confident in saying that where Caleb Williams, he had one year at Oklahoma, but he came in when Very Rattler high, got benched. Very highly ranked. Very highly ranked and showed unbelievable promise where when he entered the portal last year, you knew you were getting an absolute stud. Yeah. This guy, he, he just hasn't played. So I don't want to jump in head over heels. Like it's exciting. I was excited that they're going and getting transfer quarterbacks uh, or quarterback. And then we'll see. But I, I don't know. I, I think there are so many guys that could change Wisconsin's outlook. Jeff Sims at Georgia tech is one of them. Devin Leary. If his pecs. Okay. I think is one of them. Hudson card, frankly, Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma state. If Cam Ward answers, I would throw his name out there too. His OC just left. Uh, And then Grayson McCall, who's not going to come to Wisconsin. So uh, there are guys out there that I think would change it. This guy, there's there's no college film. I just don't know. Yeah. Here's the thing about Nick Evers. I think that's the pronunciation. Correct. Evers Uh, per Oklahoma. That's the count. That's the uh, pronunciation. Either way. I think you're bringing him in. And based on what we know, another quarterback that's coming in uh, reportedly from on three uh, on three.com reporting that Brennan Armstrong, the former Virginia quarterback is, is visiting this weekend. If they take two guys plus Cole, crew, and obviously you have miles Burkett, if they take two guys and Brennan Armstrong's the big one. Then I think Nick, Nick Evers is a great addition because it, it allows you to kind of work with him and try to build him up into potentially your future guy along with miles Burkett and, and, and Cole, crew and throw that in there. But I think you need a veteran here and he's not it. So I don't think you're bringing in Nick Evers to be the starter. I think you're bringing him in to compete perhaps with, uh, with miles Burkett. maybe not for the starting job, but for maybe the backup job, depending on if you get another veteran, but they're clearly, I think they clearly understand. I think we've talked about this. They need, I think they need experience at the quarterback spot this first year. Yeah. If, if that's the case, if they bring in Brendan Armstrong, who was really good in 2021 at Virginia, not so good this past season. The staff changed. That offense as a whole struggled. I I like him. He's not amazing. He's not going to be at the top quarterback in the country, but he's good. If they bring him in, it, it'll be a sixth year or a seventh year in college. He's played a lot of football. If he can do the one-year stopgap to then go to a Nick Evers or someone younger, then I'd be all for it. I just I, I saw I, a reaction to when it was reported that he was visiting that oh look highly touted quarterback Oklahoma four star that he was going to come in and immediately light it up and fill Longo's offense I, I would just want to temper that to say w- we don't know yet and it is best served if he is able to sit a year and then play and then I'd be all in well everyone's first reactions see the hear the name see the stars right I think maybe even you. We're on that as well a little bit. Because yes, I got, I got an Oh, well, oh, yeah, because we haven't we hadn't heard much about quarterback oh, yeah. recruiting yet. I, I was excited that he was visiting. Oh, shit. Oh, is that what I said? There were there were yes. So like, <laughs> again, there were you were excited, and then you talked to some people, and your excitement came down a little bit. 
I am I'm excited if he is not their starter next season. Right. That's that's clearly where I stand. And, and hopefully hopefully he can become a really good player. Like being a four-star quarterback out of high school in out of Texas, I believe, that that usually leads to some success. And he was the 17th ranked prospect in the state of Texas. He was number 4 dual threat quarterback according to rivals. So yeah. he's got a lot of what Luke Fickle wants, what uh Phil Longo wants as a, in a quarterback. Yeah, to me, and I was telling you this before the show, it's similar as if he was just a high school recruit where they're probably still recruiting off high school film, definitely from the relationship they had when Cincinnati recruited him. But it's not as if it's a guy that has shown any college tape where in the portal, there are a lot of options that might not be amazing, or at least you could bank on improvement because you see them do it at the college level as opposed to guys that had been in college for a year and not played. And you don't really know you're going more off the high school track record, which is more of a crapshoot, right? Like there are some studs in the portal that have played for a year or two years. They're much more sure things than guys that hadn't played yet in college. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. So yes, as I, as I sat back and thought about it after being excited that they Fickle's clearly engaged in the transfer quarterback market, I am I'm excited maybe in two years for him to start under center. I, <laughs> I think it, I wouldn't be that optimistic about the team. If Nick Evers was their starter next year. Okay. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. And yeah, Brennan Armstrong per game, 38 games at Virginia, 271 total yards a game, little over two touchdowns per game total. That's running and passing combined. And 92 picks in, in 38 games. 92 picks? I believe so. 92 total. interceptions. 35. I, I'm sorry. I don't know where that number came from. Um, <laughs> 35 interceptions. Yeah. I'm sorry. So This year was a little bit of a, it wasn't great. Led the country in passing last year, over 400 yards a game. His touchdown interception was not too bad in 2021. This year, not so great. But again, that was new staff, new staff in terms of offensive coordinator. His his OC from last year went went to Syracuse, and Syracuse is solid offensively. Per game, it was point nine two. Okay, interceptions didn't get as deep into that, but yeah, yeah, he's shown it. So that'll be a good stopgap. Again, when we talk about Phil Longo and what could the future be for Wisconsin football, what could the offense look like? You are, I agree completely. You have said the quarterback position will determine a lot, if not all, where. I, I mean, he could make the receiver in a way or receivers would want to come play with him. And, and it all revolves around that position when you go to an offense like this. I still need to, like, I'm excited about what Phil Longo can do. I'm excited about what the team could be. I need to see the players in the building to make it happen. Yeah, I feel like the offense makes it simpler for the quarterback and the wide receivers than what they've been running here for a long time. There's you kind of know what you're going to get and it isn't as complicated for a young quarterback to learn. So I don't think there's maybe as the, the growing uh, isn't there. The, I should say the growth that you have to get to, to, to reach a certain point, it maybe isn't there necessarily, but again, having an experienced guy, I think is where, whether it's in, whether they've had experience in this offense or otherwise is the key for a transfer coming in. Yep. But I'm yep. all, I'm all on board with, with Nick Evers too. It's yep. just, you're right. Maybe you don't want him to be your your guy this fall. Yeah, I, I just want to be clear that I don't see him as Caleb Williams. 
albeit he's coming from the same school and he's highly touted and he's the same age pretty much. Different situations there. And you hope that years down the road, maybe Evers, if he does commit, we don't know that to be a fact, but the fact he's visiting now, like that's important because winter break is coming up. Like it's hard to get all this stuff, all these moving parts with high school recruiting and transfer portal recruiting. Hard to get all that stuff worked out. The fact he's on campus, very significant. Fact is the relationship with Cincinnati, very significant. I'm I just, pre- yeah, I'm pretty sure this is his first visit. I haven't seen any others. Uh, just combing through yeah. uh, the information I could find. But yes, definitely cause to be excited, cause to look at the future, but maybe uh, not immediately in 2023. I think that's where I shake out on that. All right. Uh, we're going to step away here. Let's do this. When we come back, two commits did officially flip to Wisconsin from Cincinnati. We'll talk about them. I think, Zach, I am. it excites me significantly because of one reason. And I'll give that when we return. <gasps> It is Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back in. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Talking Badger football. It's mid-December. There's a bowl game in two weeks. But the current pressing matters, the important things right now, is the recruiting trail as Luke Fickle starts his tenure as Wisconsin head coach. Uh, and also what they do in the portal to bolster next year's team. Uh, and then obviously some staff stuff, but we got some good, uh, Wisconsin got some good news this week as two commits from Cincinnati 2023 class, Jonas DeClona, three-star, and Braden Moore, four-star, cornerback and, and a safety respectively, both commit to Wisconsin, follow Luke Fickle. Zach, my big reaction from it is simply not to project what their careers will be, but if there's one thing Luke Fickle and his teams have been awesome at, it is in the secondary. He's sending dudes, he's sending three stars to the NFL, where there's been four or five, I believe, in the last couple of years. The fact that he got two secondary guys to be the first to follow doesn't surprise me and makes me excited. Yeah, because pretty- one of the biggest reasons I kind of love what Fickle could bring, it's because I imagine a great secondary at Wisconsin. He pretty more becomes their highest rated recruit. So, I mean, it's a rather significant addition. And it's not going to be the last one. They have, obviously, the uh, tweet is out that they've got another commitment. I don't know which one that's going to be. Could be the tight end from Washington or the linebacker from Connecticut. Uh, but they also have a whole bunch of guys coming in this weekend as well. Um, so it's it, a lot of them Cincinnati guys. Uh, Cincinnati's class, we, we talked about this. It was ranked in the top 30 in the country when uh, Luke Fickle stepped down and, and took the Wisconsin job. So a lot of these guys are really, really good players. And, yeah, you're right. The secondary, a good spot to start for them, for sure. And Braden Moore from Ohio. So, yeah, he was committed to Cincinnati, so the link is easier, obviously, to follow Luke Fickle. But you hope that a pipeline from Ohio could continue, at least somewhat, not to get the best players there. But you talk about how can Wisconsin bring more talent on the roster? How can they maximize the potential of Fickle? and have the best possible roster to maybe do things I am kind of not optimistic that they could do, uh, albeit like go compete with Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, step one is getting big-time talent. Ohio has a lot of it, and Luke Fickle clearly comes from Cincinnati. So that pipeline can continue. What I'm trying to say is that could be something very, very positive for the future. I feel like Wisconsin's done a pretty good job of getting some 
under the radar guys out of Ohio. You don't think Luke Fickle's going to be able to do the same thing? You're right. It's not taking the top guys. Ohio State, more often than not, is going to be able to um, load up on those guys. But there's a ton of talent in Ohio. And there's uh, Cincinnati was a very attractive program for them. Wisconsin's another very attractive program for them uh, based on their history. You go through the history of Wisconsin these last 30 years, ton, ton of really, 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 really good Ohio players. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if if that pipeline can be continued, I think it will. We'll see to what extent, and we'll see what the impact of that is. Um, so definitely stuff to monitor as Wisconsin builds its 2023 class. As we look at the quarterback position, uh, I will closely be monitoring Brennan Armstrong and Nick Evers and what that situation looks like. And if other names are thrown in there, if we see other visits happen, definitely good that – Clearly, there's a lot of pursuit going on to get guys in. I would expect there to be, but, you know, you don't take everything for granted given the fact Wisconsin kind of neglected the quarterback position for the most part. I feel like if I feel like if we've learned anything these first two weeks, they're not going to they're not going to do the same thing. And I and look, you can say you can say that about what they did. And I kind of get on board with that. It's not it's not they didn't recruit guys. It just didn't get them. It's not like they just said, eh, nah. But they also just never brought anybody in to compete with Graham yeah. these last two years. They when, did a very poor job. When they clearly should have. Even if you don't want to do it before the 21 season, you have to do it before this season. And they, the Caleb Williams thing was what it was. But there were a lot of other good quarterbacks in the portal that you could have gotten, perhaps, and allowed them to compete. And if Graham leaves, Graham leaves. Like, if he doesn't want to compete, he can leave. But you needed to do something, and they didn't. And, and the fact is, Graham was really good for the first eight games this season. He was. Then the weather got poor. Uh, let's uh, A couple minutes here. Let's, and the defense has got better. Yes. Uh, let's talk about Fickle's press conference. General takeaways, if any, from the comments said, and the follow-up question, big topic, is what can we learn from the lead-up to and the actual bowl game? I think he uh, – they want to compete. I shouldn't even say that. They want to win. Uh, he took offense to someone saying, uh, do you think you're going to be able to feel a competitive team? Um, and he goes, I didn't know. Yes. I think it was just about the numbers. Cause we kind of talked about Tanner. We talked with Tanner about that a couple weeks ago. Like, are you going to be able to have enough guys to play this game? And he's like, ah, I think so. And they will. And there's, but I think what this is going to look like and and Luke Figgle said it, Oklahoma state might not. Right. But eh, Wisconsin, Oklahoma state, very, very similar right now in terms of losing guys. Um, though Wisconsin obviously got two guys back. I'm what we see in this game is going to be a very, I think a peak at the future. And Luke Fickle says, Luke Fickle said he thinks that's kind of what these bowl games are going to become. The ones that are not new Year's six, the ones that are not played on new year's day, the ones that are kind of lower on the realm. He didn't say this. I'm, I'm saying this, but the guy, the, the lower tier bowls, it's going to become this situation. We are looking at a lot of what your future is going to look like. I would not call it a, glorified spring game though i think wisconsin fans would take any kind of spring game at this point um but yeah i, I think it is, i think uh, what we're going to learn is a little bit about the future some young guys getting playing time that we haven't necessarily seen and i'm i'm all for it oh I, that's I, exciting i would much rather see that than see i'll be on than see nick herbig and grant mertz and um you know keanu benton and all those guys that we've seen all year and aren't going to be here next year play let's get Let's get more playing time for TJ Bowlers. Let's get more playing time for Vinny Anthony. Let's get more playing time for Miles Burkett. Like, let's do all those things so we can see some of these guys um, and what they have. 
We, we kind of saw in the bowl game last year. Oh, that, with Marcus Allen and Skyler Bell. That's what I was going to say. And Hunter Roller and, and Jordan and, Turner and Daryl Peterson. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, remember Vinny Anthony's jet sweep against <laughs> I do. Northwestern on like a third and four. Yep, that was a that was a time first down. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I hope Miles Burkett starts. Was there any clarity so, there? There has not been a decision made, and Luke Fugel said it wouldn't be his decision to make. He's going to be he's the head coach in like name only at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, he's essentially just standing in the middle of the field making sure everything is on time. Um, so no, no decision on a quarterback. No decision on an offensive line coach. Yeah, that either, despite uh, multiple attempts to get Luke Fickle to, to answer that question. He said they have a lot of offensive line coaches in the building, including Chris McIntosh, potentially. Just bring him on down and let him coach it. So, yeah, uh, we'll see. Oklahoma State also down a lot of guys. Their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, also in the portal. So it'll It'd be, be hilarious if he, like... He's not going to commit like, to Wisconsin. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd be amazing. That that would be that would be great. But apparently, Brennan, maybe whoever wins this bowl game gets Brennan Armstrong because Brennan Armstrong is also uh, visiting or apparently visiting Oklahoma State. Maybe he'll just visit Arizona for the game, and then whoever wins takes him off. All right. Well, that is Zach Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. Uh, when we return, a, a couple notes as well. There was a hire in the Big Ten. We'll touch on that coming up next. It is Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back in, Kenny and Heilprin. A couple minutes before we get out of here. Um, Purdue is a head coach, Zach? They do. Real quick, Ryan Walters, defensive coordinator from Illinois. My only take, and we'll elaborate later, but uh, don't go defensive, Purdue. Your, your hope is brown ball. With hope running is, backs. Hope is brown ball. Yeah. With running backs. Ryan Walter, good choice. In my, point, in my opinion. Uh, but it's but not Jim Leonard. It also opens up a spot for a defense corner with Brett Bielma. Ah. Uh, and uh, on that note, <laughs> thanks for hanging around, everybody. We will talk to you Thursday, 5 to 6, Monk's Bar and Grill. See ya.